You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and this is your host, Rafael Barlow, a.k.a. Mr. NBA Draft Junkie himself. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to the App Store and download the app today because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, in this episode, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a little while. I am going to read off some of the questions in my mailbag. I think it's probably been three or four months since I did a mailbag um, episode. And last week I dropped my mock draft or my big board 1.0. I broke it down into two parts. I did the 1 through 10 on Monday, and then I finished the the remainder of the first round, 11 through 30, on Thursday. And so throughout the weekend, I have been bombarded with a bunch of questions or comments, some negative, some positive, but... I mean, it's this is what the big board is all about. I mean, everybody has opinions, and I'm not afraid to express my opinions. Or I don't get um, I don't get offended when people think my opinions or my takes are absolutely idiotic. So at the end of the day, most of us aren't right anyway. I mean, NBA teams don't get their their draft picks right. So, you know, this is fun to me. It's something I really enjoy, but it's, it's not that serious where I'm going to be arguing online with somebody who thinks that I, you know, I'm an idiot because I left off their their favorite player. All right, so let me get started. All right, the first question is, this is such a weird draft. It is not as exciting as the previous three. Do you agree? Uh, I mean, I definitely think that the top three picks in this draft, which I, I believe would be Paolo Boncaro, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith, I think they're in a tier of their own. Um, I, I think th- it's a crapshoot after that from four, four on down. Um, but I think 2020 was a draft that many people considered weak, and it's actually been a lot better than a lot of people expected. It's too early. I mean, it's not January yet, so we don't know who could take off or look good in conference play. I don't think it's a weird draft, and I mean, I'm such an NBA draft junkie, literally, that I'm excited about any draft. I'm not like a a guy that judges a draft, whether I like a draft or not, based off of the biggest name recognition. So for me, I mean, I think it's a good draft. I could see what somebody could say that it's not as exciting as as the other drafts because I think Chet came in with a lot of hype and people wanted a, a dominant freshman year from him, which was something I wasn't expecting because I figured that they would run the offense through Drew Timmy. All right, the next question, someone's a little upset. Come on, guy. Marjan Bochamp is a lottery pick. You don't have him in your first round. You are sleeping on him hard. <laughs> so, um, And these are some of the, the comments I get from time to time. And the person that actually sent me this message, I think he's from the Seattle area. He's been following me for a while. And, I mean, he does this pretty much every year. A couple years ago, he was saying that Jaden McDaniels was a top five pick. I was sleeping on him. And Isaiah Stewart should have been a top 10 pick. So, I mean, it's a little bit of hometown bias. Um, I like I like Bochamp. I actually thought he was older. I thought he was 21. It seems like I've been hearing about him for a while that he just disappeared for a couple years. 
but he just turned 20. I, you know, honestly, I don't, I can't see the G League Ignite getting four guys in the first round. I mean, I know that um, Jaden Hardy should go. I think Dyson Daniels would be a first-round pick. I have Michael Foster as a first-round pick. And it, it would just be interesting to me to see if Bo Camp can get in. But, I mean, this is just mock draft 1.0. A lot can change. I mean, it is mid-December. We have until, you know, the end of June. So there is plenty of of time for my, my list to change. All right, here's another question. How do you leave Johnny Davis off your first round list? Very good question. Johnny Davis has exploded this season. He is someone that I did not have high expectations for. And I mean, he's just been phenomenal for Wisconsin. And he is someone that, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be a first round pick on my, my next one. I was just trying to figure out who do I, who do I leave off? There are some people that think that I was a little high on Michael Foster that don't think that he's a first-round pick. And then, um, you know, some may not think Julian Champagne was a first-round pick or, or Mark Williams or or Wendell Moore or even Yannick Sosa. So, you know, I, I think in every draft, especially this draft, where it's going to be such a a wide variety, well, I don't think there's a lot of difference between picks 15 through 35. So, I mean, there's about... I mean, the first round is 30 picks. There's about 37 or 38 guys that I think are strong first-round candidates, and obviously seven or eight are going to get left off. And on my 1.0, Davis was left off, but that could definitely change. All right, the next question. Usman Jang over Patrick Baldwin Jr. You are out of your mind. <laughs> well, I'm not high on Patrick Baldwin Jr. I mentioned it on my last uh, podcast when I did my my mock lottery 1.0. I even had or my mock draft 1.0. I even had him late lottery, and I think even then I was being a little generous. He just has not lived up to the hype. I have some questions about how can he get his own shot. He struggled in the Colorado game. I think he took 12 shots, 12 or 13 shots, but 10 of them were threes. He was two of 10 from three. I just I mean, I, I see the physical tools, I, I see the talent, but I just it, it doesn't match the production. And when have we seen a guy from a mid-major on a losing team not dominate a mid-major and end up being a lottery pick? I mean, I just think right now he's living off of the hype that he had coming into the season. I was not totally impressed with him at the under-19 games also. And it's a, a tough situation. I saw a comment that was kind of funny but it may end up being true, was someone said that Patrick Baldwin's dad messed up his draft stock by forcing his son to go to Milwaukee instead of allowing him to go to Duke. Now, I'm not saying that is true or not saying that is what happened, but um, either way you look at it, the situation with Baldwin staying home, playing for his dad, so far has not been the best for his draft stock. It, it may not even be related to the team. He could just be struggling. But I think right now they're two and seven, and I mean he's just been inefficient. I think they have one more game against like a top 100 ranked opponent, and it's going to be tough for scouts to really get a chance to evaluate him because if he dominates the, you know his his league, then he's supposed to. If he doesn't, then you know that's going to raise a lot of red flags and a lot of questions. All right, one more before I go to break. I understand leaving A.J. Griffin and Peyton Watson, but I feel Marjan deserves a first-round nod. So that is two people who are on the Marjan Bochamp bandwagon. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think there's about 37, 38 guys that could be first-rounders. Someone's going to get left off. Again, this is mock draft 
1.0 or Big Board 1.0. I'll probably do another one at the beginning of January. I think, you know, I'm going to do one once a month up until the draft. So, like I said, there is plenty of time for guys to to rise, for guys to fall off the board. So, we will just see again. This is 1.0. It's early December. We haven't even started conference play yet. All right. When we return, I have a few more questions that I want to answer and a lot of it is about Paolo Bancaro, but I want to ask you, is this you? Do you have a device that lets you catch the game live? Another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends, girlfriends, cousins, homeboys, log in for the good stuff. Well, if that is you, hopefully that's not you, but if that is you, I want to tell you about a simple way, very simple way that you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together it is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. This means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. So you can get rid of that old iPhone that you didn't trade in because you needed it for uh, an additional TV. And the best part about this is that there is no annual contract, so you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. And of course, a compatible device is required and the content varies by package. All right, thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, so I really appreciate it. And again, it's Monday, so more than likely you've probably made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the week so thank you i appreciate each and every listen i appreciate everyone that has reached out to me and sent me their spotify playlist i mean it means so much to me and actually here's something that's been kind of funny um i'm in barcelona so if you've been following my uh my podcast or youtube channel um i, I moved to barcelona i've been here about a month now and i went to a barcelona Real Madrid game on Friday. I guess it's called the El Clasico. So, you know, it's the two big rivals, rivalries in Spain. And I see a friend of mine that is a scout for the Jazz. And we're walking to this cab, and someone says, Rafael. And I'm like, okay. And um, anyway, he comes and introduces himself. He's a scout for a, a European publication. So it's actually been weird that this has happened to me twice in Barcelona, that someone has recognized me. And, um, yeah, I mean, little old me, a kid from Omaha, Nebraska, people <laughs> across the world are recognizing me and, and my voice for for what I've done on Locked On NBA Draft. So thank you, Locked On, for the opportunity in this platform. And I'm, like I said, I'm just still amazed by it. All right, I digress enough about me. Let me get back to the questions. All right. The next question is, is Paolo Bancaro a good defender? I mean, I think he's a solid defender. I think that there are some concerns because people don't feel that he has elite athleticism and elite length and, you know, all that stuff. But, I mean, I think that he is a solid defender. Do I expect him to be a, a game changer on defense? No. Do I think Chet is the better defender? Yeah, because Chet can somewhat anchor defense, but also, you know, Chet is, you know, a, a ridiculous shot blocker. But, of course, his lack of strength also can impact how well he, he defends. All right, speaking of Chet, the next question is, how do you feel about Chet's lack of quickness? 
He's 180 pounds, but he moves like he's 220. He should be quicker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, he's actually 195. At least that's what they have him listed at. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, you know, all these points are valid. I, again, I, I usually don't want to be the guy that just discredits someone's point. And I can see how someone thinks that he should be quicker. I think he's, I mean, I think his quickness is fine. I don't think that he's like, you know, quick twitch. I don't think he's like super elite. He's not like Greg Brown or anything like that. But I think that his quickness is okay. But he has ridiculous length. And sometimes length can make up for, for lack of quickness. All right, the next comment. Well, it's not necessarily a question, but it's a comment. And it is. Jabari Smith is the next KD. Whoa, slow down. Pump the brakes. Jabari Smith, I like him a lot. I would probably compare him to maybe Chris Bosh. KD, I mean, KD is a guard. He is a seven-foot guard. He is a natural wing that can play, really, in today's NBA, I think in a pinch, KD can play one through five. And, you know, I mean, he's so versatile. I don't think Smith is on that level yet. He can put the ball on the floor, but it's not like, you know, the – I mean, like KD did a move last night where he hit Isaiah Stewart with a in-and-out, hezzy. You know, Jabari Smith isn't on that level. He can put the ball on the floor. He can attack closeouts, maybe like, yeah, you know, maybe two, three dribble max. But KD can dance with the ball. I mean, he's got <laughs> – KD's got – you know I mean, we're talking about – Arguably the greatest scorer in in NBA history. Arguably. I'm not saying he is. And, of course, you know, people are going to be mad that I even mentioned his name in the same sentence as Michael Jordan and all that. But KD is ridiculous. I think it's at the point now where he is kind of undervalued. <laughs> I think going to Golden State just kind of hurt his reputation for some people. They think it was soft that he joined that team. But, anyway, I think Jabari Smith is more so of Chris Bosh than KD and when I say Chris Bosh, I'm talking about Toronto Raptors Chris Bosh. Miami Heat Chris Bosh sacrificed a lot in order to, you know, play alongside LeBron and D-Wade. But Raptors Chris Bosh was, was, was a monster. All right, the next question says, Kennedy, well, I don't know if it's a question, but the comment is, Kennedy Chandler is too high for me. I also think Benedict Matherin should be a top 10 pick. And that's valid. Totally, totally valid. I get it. I am high on Kennedy Chandler. He actually had his he had his worst game of the season this weekend. Um, and then Matherin had like his his best game. I think Matherin is an easy plug and play guy. He's a ridiculous athlete and a good shooter. Kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I mean, I, I think that he could be a top ten pick. Some thought that Matherin was the best returning player in college basketball. I think that award right now. It's not necessarily the war, but I think that title would go to Jaden Ivey. But if Matherin can continue to put up 30-point games like he did this weekend, then, then, you know, that can make it even more of a debate. But, again, if you have him in a top 10, I think that is totally fine. I had him right outside my lottery. I think I had him at 15. Um, but I could definitely see him being a top 10 pick. Again, like I said, if he keeps shooting the ball like he shot it this weekend. But he's someone that I think could be really special if he had a little bit more game off the bounce. Like if he had a little bit of shake and bake or some type of offensive creativity, then, I mean, I think he could be really special. Kind of like how I felt a little bit. Not They're, they're, they're not the same type of player, 
But I thought if Devin Vassell had a little bit more creativity, I thought that he could be like a Paul George type. But, you know, for Vassell, it was all threes. And then he got to the paint, and he did like a reverse pivot and pull up. He didn't really have any shake and bake to get to the basket. Right, the next comment is, height is overrated in today's NBA. I'm very concerned with the lateral quickness of Bancaro, Holmgren, and Smith. How can they defend guys like Giannis, OG, and Patrick Williams? All right, one, <laughs> I mean, it's just weird to see OG and Patrick Williams' name mentioned in the same class as Giannis. Um, I don't think Patrick Williams is a great offensive player. OG has added some, he's added some stuff to his game, but I can see how you can be a little bit concerned with, with their lateral quickness, but nobody's defending Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter how quick you are, how strong you are. Giannis is just on another level. Speaking of that, I mean, he had his 27th birthday, I believe, last week. And, I mean, his resume is so impressive. Multiple MVPs, championships, all before the age of 27. Right now, he's one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, I know he made the top 75 list, but it's it's pretty hard to to find someone that has a better resume at 27. And, this, and Giannis still has holes in this game. So um, I digress. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not too concerned about their lateral quickness. I think, you know, I think it's a little bit of overanalyzation here. All right, the next comment is, now this is funny. Jaden Ivey is just an Iman Shumpert clone. Now, that is hilarious to me. But, again, I try to take account to what everyone says and everyone's opinion because we naturally like to compare players to only superstars, which not everybody's going to be a superstar. And people get offended if you don't compare, you know, a Jaden Ivey to John Moran or D. Wade or Russell Westbrook like I have. And, I mean, the chances are he he could probably probably be more like Amon Shumper than any of those guys. That's just the way, you know, it is. Every year in the top ten, we're comparing guys to elite talents. Amon Shumpert had a good NBA career. I mean, now he's probably a little bit more famous for his wife and winning Dancing with the Stars than he is as a – more known as a, for that than he's known as a basketball player. But I could see it. I mean, Shumpert was – Coming out of Georgia Tech, a guy that some thought could play a little bit of point. I think the Knicks were trying to turn him into a point at that time. And, you know, he tore his ACL, and that, I think that had a, a major impact on his career. But he was trending upwards with, with New York. So, you know, I can see that. All right. When we return, I'll finish out the last segment. I have a few more questions that I, I will try to answer in the mailbox episode of my mock draft 1.0. But I want to talk to you about Built Bar because this is the holiday season. So grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar because it is a Built Bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with so many flavors, covered in 100% real chocolate, but with amazingly low calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And high in protein, you get the best of both best of both worlds. Oh, I remember that album back in the day. Delicious and healthy. So many flavors that you will have a hard time choosing between raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all of the holiday shoppers, which is something I would not be doing. 
Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you the extra something to keep you going. So just throw one in your jacket or purse and you never know when you're going to need it because it is the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor that they'll fight you and things can get out of hand so you don't want to get a black eye on Christmas. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOX15 and get 15% off your next order. Built.com, use promo code LOX15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season marches towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked on to receive your bonus from basketball to football to NHL to boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the remainder of 2021. We are down to about 15 or 16 days. That's crazy. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, this is Rafael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies. Going to answer a couple more questions. All right. What do you think of Peyton Watson? That is a very good question. <sighs> How can I say this? I think with Peyton Watson, on one hand, I, I feel like when you are a high school senior or highly regarded prospect, it is the one chance where you pick your teammates, you pick your coach, you pick your situation. The only other time that happens is if you are an unrestricted free agent and you have the opportunity to weigh like who's on the roster, the coaching style, the offense, and so on. But outside of that, you know, like the NBA draft, you have no idea where you're going. And so in Peyton Watson's case, he decided to go to UCLA. Now, you can make a case and say maybe he thought Juzang was going to be gone. And, you know, he thought Juzang would be in the NBA and then he'd have that starting spot. But he ended up in a tough situation with Juzang and and um, Hawkeyes coming back and then Tiger Campbell. So you got basically three of their best, their best players who all play similar positions coming back. So he's just in a really difficult spot. I think that scouts are probably still intrigued with his physical tools, which is kind of weird to me because... I go by the eye test. I go by what I see. And, um, you know, it's just kind of hard for me to to put a guy in the first round when he didn't really get a lot of minutes for his college team. But I think Watson, he's already a little bit interesting to me simply because coming into the season, I thought that his best position was as a lead ball handler. I think that's when he's dangerous with his size and, and length and quickness. And he can wreak havoc in the paint just by getting the lane off ball screens. I didn't think that he would be a good fit off the ball unless they were creative and finding ways to get him in DHOs, get him down downhill and, and ball screens. So um, I thought he was an interesting fit anyway. But I mean, I think for him, the the best situation is to to just um, you know, be professional, even though it's kind of hard to expect a, a teenager to be professional. But be professional, accept the role, make the most of his time when he's in, 
um, go to practice early, and he could actually use like the pregame warmups as his, I mean, pro day in a sense. You know, show the scouts in pregame that you can knock the you can knock down open shots, show your work ethic, and then I expect him to declare for the draft, and then just you know knock it out at your your pro day in front of scouts, but. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he still ends up being a first-round pick despite not having good numbers and not having the best situation for him at UCLA. All right, the last question, and it is, are there any concern that J.D. Davidson is so athletic but does not generate enough steals or blocks? I'm not too concerned with it, um, but it is interesting because – you know, you look at J.D. Davison and you look at Kennedy Chandler, and I know they're playing in totally different roles. Davison is coming off the bench, and Chandler is a starting guard. But Chandler kind of fills the box score up. I know at one point he was averaging like 2.7 steals a game. He had a seven-steal game, and he was averaging a little less than a block a game, while Davison is a, a lot more athletic. I mean, he is an amazing athlete, and he, you know, on paper – he may not have the same number of stocks, as they call it, but I don't think it's too much of a concern. Um, you know, it's I try to look at it if the roles were reversed, if Davidson was starting and Chandler's coming off the bench with the numbers, you know, as far as steals and blocks be a little bit different. So, no, I'm not too concerned. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. But before I sign out, I want to talk to you about Locked On Bets. So make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day because it is your one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, which is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. Well, this is Rafael Barlow, a.k.a. Mr. NBA Draft Junkie himself, signing out. And I am out. Oh. I'll be back tomorrow. My guy Mavs Draft, Richard Stamen, is out, so I will be coming in, filling in for him. So you got back-to-back days with me, and then I'll be back again on Thursday. So see you tomorrow.